This podcast is brought to you by DirecTV Stream. DirecTV Stream brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, which means you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So stop waiting and get your TV together today with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Welcome to Pushing Through. I am Tate Frazier, and as always, I am joined by the kid, BJ Armstrong. And BJ, we got a lot of hot topics in the NBA. Nothing hotter, though, than Steph Curry's quest to get the all-time three-point record every single game. We get all the hype. We get all the conversations. We get all the drama. And Steve Kerr has finally said to the press, BJ, leave this man alone. Let him have his moment. Let him enjoy it. Because uh, it, it has been quite a ride. Everyone thought that it would happen in Indiana. Reggie Miller, of course, his idol growing up as a kid. And now he goes to MSG. It, it almost feels scripted at this point, BJ. Steph Curry in MSG, two threes away from breaking Ray Allen's record, a.k.a. Jesus Shuttlesworth. Well, I was watching television last night, and I had the biggest chuckle. They had the <laughs> Steph Curry tracker during the on during the game. I like the tracker. That's funny. And, you know, I just thought that was the funniest thing because we don't have anything else <laughs> to talk about. <laughs> it's like, so the tracker. Mm. But let's give Steph Curry his flowers. Congratulations. You know, just a matter when he's going to break it, not if he's going to break it. And, you know, tonight will probably – it should happen in the Garden. But let's not forget, I think they were stuck last night in Indianapolis. They were stuck. Mm. So, you know, as you get up there in age, you know, rest becomes important. But, you know, let's allow him to play. I think it's been a distraction for the team without question. Anytime yeah, Steve you, Kerr basically yeah, said that. Draymond has yeah, said that. I mean, I, yeah. like I said, I, 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 I would imagine it's a distraction. And knowing Steph Curry – He's probably trying to get it out of the way sooner rather than later so they can resume back because, you know, when you got to talk about something that d- takes away from the team, it really puts the spotlight on you. And those other guys out there on the other team, they, they, they're prideful people. So they don't want it to happen on them. And um, well, let's hope that he gets it out of the way. Great drama. You know, in, in in New York City, Madison Square Garden. You know, Spike Lee will be you there. Know Spike's so you know, be it's there. It, it's a movie. Hey, hey, yeah. Ticket prices are sky high mm. there in New York City. So it's great. And uh, I'm going to enjoy the theater, that's for sure. And hopefully he gets it tonight. And uh, you and I will both say we were watching the game. Yeah, and uh, you made a great point there about how guys have a lot of pride. And I think Midas's guy, Joel Embiid, probably showed that the most, you know, and Matisse Teibel as well. But they, they said that they weren't going to let it happen on their home court. Steph Curry wasn't going to do that on their home court. And then we saw it in Indiana, you know, that they had the same sort of pride. So when we go to New York, you got our guy Tibbs, known for his, you know, defense and obviously yeah, coaching Yeah, they're not guarding too much of anything right now in New York. <laughs> yeah, that's why That's why I, I'm fascinated to see if they, they may, maybe this wakes them up a little well, bit. Maybe they show up for this know, game. Let's let's hope for our good friends there in New York that they can <laughs> they can figure something out because it's not looking good right now in New York City. And no, it, it is not looking like a run to the four seed no, as we it, saw it, last it's year. Not. So, you know, tonight might be one of those ten to fifteen point three point nights. You know, 
Steph Curry loves the bright lights. So, you know, he, who knows what will happen. Are you saying buckle up for MSG and Steph Curry? Because I, well, I think that's how I, I, I feel Well, what I'm well. saying is right now the Knicks aren't guarding too much of anything. Mm. And it's prime, you know. They, 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 they get stranded there literally in Indiana. No shoot around. You have every reason to believe they're going to be tired. And that's when you play your best games, when you're like, hey, what do I have to lose? Coach is like, yeah. hey, guys, just give me what you got today. Just give me what you got. <laughs> so, you know, the team just going to play free, loose, easy. Why not have a 12 or 15 point, 12 or 15 point, you know, field goals made from three point, from the three-point line? It makes no sense. It's the NBA. Mm. I went to uh, the Clippers game last night, BJ. Oh, did you? I went, so, oh, I know. Yeah. How to, that was a bad game. I was upset. I mean, because I'm a Phoenix Suns fan. and Yeah, yeah. JaVale played good. I mean, he played solid. He had 13-13. Yeah, yeah, the team just didn't look But good. they were off yeah, last they, night. They were, something was off last night. But you have those games in the course of a season. So, But it, it didn't, look, didn't look good for the Suns fans last night. But you know what? And plus, Paul George wasn't playing. Kawhi Leonard wasn't there. But Marcus Morris turned into Paul George Marcus, or Kawhi Leonard. Marcus Morris. <laughs> Whoa. Man, 24 to 11. And he, I mean, he was just like, he, was he making turned some into. Tough shots. He was making some tough yeah, shots. Yeah. From everywhere, from, from the mid range, uh, from, from any time he touched the basketball. And they weren't just makes, BJ. I mean, he was not even touching the rim. Uh, I mean, he was he was on fire last night, but it was a de definitely a very interesting game. I think Phoenix they're finally feeling the effect of Devin Booker being out of this lineup a little bit. You know, they're they're looking for that punch of a scoring. Cam Johnson had a good start to this game, but they were just never able to find their footing. And um, Javale, like I said, he played pretty solid. Chris Paul, you know, got some things going there in the third quarter, but they were never able to catch up in this game. And on the flip side, the Clippers. They're still the tough team that we knew that they were. You know, we saw it in the playoffs last year. Even when they're undermanned, they show up and they play hard regardless, especially at home. Yeah, you know, you know it's funny as I was watching the game last night and talking about the Clippers versus Suns, and I was like, they're down two starters, and I still expect them to win. Yeah. That's a sign of a good team on the road. Okay, normally you play better at home, so – what the Clippers did is not surprising, right? Guys normally play better at home. Mm -hmm. You have a Luke Kennard. Yeah. You have a Terrence Mann. Those guys step up in that big game. But, games. you know, you're talking about DeAndre Ayton wasn't in the lineup. You're talking about an all-star Devin Booker wasn't in the lineup. And I'm still expecting them to win and win convincingly. So I was like, that's a pretty good team over there. And I watched the game until the game was clearly out of reach late in the fourth quarter where I said, finally, they're going to probably lose. I kept waiting on them to come back. So I think the Phoenix Suns have a good team. And when they're healthy, you know, they, they, they play well. They're well coached. You know, I think Monty Williams now is in the conversation, if not the best coach in the NBA, certainly one of the best coaches in the NBA. So I think they'll be fine in the end. Yeah, and right now Warriors are, are the one seed in the Western Conference. Phoenix is half a game back there at number two. Utah, two and a half games back. Then we get a degree of separation. We get to Memphis. We get to the Clippers. We get to the Lakers. And when we get to the Lakers, BJ, it brings me up to – I know we're talking inside the lines right now, but I'm going to go outside the lines because mm. there's some rumors that are swirling 
about the Los Angeles Lakers looking and, you know, shopping, you know, right around Christmas time. They're, they're, they're looking around and trying to make a wish list. And uh, on their side, they, they got Russell Westbrook, apparently, um, you know, is the name that's been thrown out there. So what, what do we what do we see with the Lakers? What can they do? What should they do? Do they need to do anything? I mean, right now they are obviously, well, you know, 15 and 13. First of all, all of these trade rumors by Laker Nation is always – unbelievable like you know it's like we're going to get this person but who are you giving up yeah who are you giving up yeah horton tucker who, i think that's the who name are you giving you up to get all these players so yeah instead of me feeding into this frenzy like who are you giving up to get you know i saw jeremy grant i saw who else did i see uh <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy the, Jeremy Grant was the one that got yeah. me because I was just like that, that's oh, ben so Simmons. Off the radar. I saw Ben Simmons. I saw Ben Simmons' name mm-hmm. in there. So who you giving up? Okay, all right. Great names. Sounds good. Headlines. Clickbait. No, who are you giving up to get this guy? Are you giving up Anthony Davis? You giving up who are you giving up? Russell Westbrook? You giving up LeBron James? How are you mm. gonna get these players? Well, it's one of those three. One of them is in it, and uh, you know we presume that it's the new guy in town, and and that means that they cut this experiment pretty short, pretty quickly. And as you have said on the show, and we talked about with Russell, regardless, Zero is going to show up, and he's going to play the game, and he is going to play hard, and he is going to do have an impact in some capacity, good or bad. But he's going to show up, and he's going to be there, and he's going to have a short memory, and he's going to move on, and. We saw what he did late in the year last year with the Wizards, and those were all good things. So we know that Russell can get it clicking clicking at some point if you give him some time, potentially. But we're already at panic mode, right, with this team. They're already hitting the panic button. Well, they are going down a path where I think what they're saying is we don't believe we can win, we can win this year with this yeah. roster as it's currently mm-hmm. constructed. Now, You know, it seems a little quick to me to be saying that when you have a team that hasn't played a minimum of 25 games together, Anthony Davis is currently out. LeBron James missed a significant amount of the season early with his injuries, so forth, suspensions. Russell is just getting over here, and he's figuring it out what he has to do playing back home. and playing. You know, no one's really talked about it, but let's spend at least a couple minutes here. Russell Westbrook is playing at home. He's from L.A. He's an L.A. kid. And anyone who's played in, at home understands how difficult that is. You know, it's great when you, you the thought of going back home to play sounds good, but that comes with some added pressure. So I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to at least take Russell a little time to figure that out. New team, new way, new system. So, but in saying all of that, you know, the most disappointing thing is no one has any patience to build a team anymore. It's like, you know, we're already crowning who's going to be champion now, and it's December. Mm. You know, nothing's won right now. And so I at least, I guess my basketball, I don't know, my basketball, you know, being a basketball lifer, I guess. I got to at least watch him for at least 25 games. At least give him that amount of time. Give him a chance. Yeah, before I chance. say yes, no, or indifferent. You know, we could say whatever. We, you know, there's one thing I, 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 I want to say about the NBA. 
behind those uniforms, behind your heroes, behind your, you know, who you cheer for, what team you like, those are people. And you never know what's going on. And a lot of times it doesn't make it right or wrong. You know, it's, it's, it's a talent when you have the ability as a player to leave all of your problems outside the lines. That's a talent. And I learned that as I was on my journey to becoming a pro. And ultimately, that's what you want to do because everyone has problems. And, you know, who knows what's going on there with, with players, you know, and, and we're talking about the Lakers. Who knows what's going on behind those uniforms, especially now? There's a lot of things going on in the world right now, right, Tate? And yep. so I want to at least give them 25 games together that I can see, that I can point to, before I say, nah, that group can't get it done. Because mm. when you say a hodgepodge of the season, that's what you've seen thus far. These guys have been in and out of the lineup. It, and how can you coach a team? And what can you really expect when they're not together to build that cohesiveness that you need to be out there playing in an NBA game? And your role players, your bench unit that you have with the Lakers, they're also all new. So it's not like they've played yeah, and have they've any continuity in, yeah, at all either. Yeah, they've been in and out of the lineup, so – you're right. Whether it's you. Wayne Ellington or whoever, I mean, the, the the whole team has been in and out of the lineup. Yeah. So I mean, the, they have no idea who they are as a team. And luckily for them, they're in the sixth seed. They're in the sixth spot right now. So I I think that they, I think we agree that they're maybe panicking a little bit too soon. Yeah. So here's what I want to say: the media is doing their job. The media is jumping on and saying they're done. They're saying that okay, that's what the media is supposed to do. Okay, that's what the media is supposed to do, right? We're yeah, we are in the media. And what you're seeing is, well, we got to blame somebody, right? So we're going to put the blame now on on Frank Vogel, Frank Vogel Anthony, Anthony Davis. Davis. Okay. Yep. But truthfully. And like we talked about, LeBron gets a pass now, as he deserves at this okay. point. We'll give him the pass. And Tate, you, you've heard me say this. If you want to have a championship caliber organization, you have to have superior leadership. And I don't care where it comes from. But it can only come, it's got to come from two out of the four places. It's going to come from ownership. From your executives, from the coaches, or from the players. Two out of the four have to provide excellent leadership. Okay. One we know is excellent is LeBron James. He's going to provide leadership. When I start seeing trades and all of those things, what are you saying to that group? They're not good enough. I mean, okay. they, they can read between the lines. Yeah. So a trade can only happen with ownership. So what am I seeing from the owners? So that means that the only other place that can keep that group together in that locker room is the coaching staff. If this is going to work. And Frank Vogel, he doesn't have a choice. He's got to keep trying because the game's going to keep coming. So when I see all of these trades happening, now that's a very delicate, delicate act. To walk because the players are like, oh, they brought me here. They didn't even give me really a, a, a fair shake, and they're already trying to trade me or whomever. That, to me, is the sign that could really tear up an organization or tear up this team. I don't think it's going to be external. I think they, I think those guys, they have enough veterans. All these veterans have seen their names in trades many a times. But internally, if those are true, because you know everyone's talking to their agent, and everyone knows who's talking on the phone behind the scenes in the trades. 
And if it gets out that such and such is calling around for trades, and I'm not saying he is, then that to me has the potential to really mess up this team. Mm. Quickly. I mean, it's so quick they won't even see it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Such and such is missing the game with a back injury. Like, oh, okay, they're going to trade me. Okay, now instead of pushing through that back stiffness or pushing through a calf, I'll sit right here and wait. I'll sit here because they're going to trade me anyway. And I know it for a fact. So, you know, other executives know how to mess up another team. So the hard part about trading players is not letting the media find out who's being discussed in a trade. Yeah, the rumors. The rumors. Because the rumors, especially, it's always difficult the first time you hear your name being in in a trade scenario especially on your hometown team yeah i mean that you just got to if you're, so, you're in the case that, of russell is, or anthony davis is the other name that i've seen thrown out there and people have said that he is you know no look whether you want to do it or not if you're an executive you got you got to go out and put that fire out when these when these rumors come out you got to go put them out you got to say hey hey tate there's no truth to these rumors just ignore them but then how many times have you heard guys say, he told me that I wasn't going to be traded, and then next week he was <laughs> traded? Yeah. And if you're an executive, you're Too not doing your job count. if you aren't trying to improve your team. So but th- these, mm. what's going on with the Lakers right now, to me, off the court is way more fascinating than what's going on on the court because they haven't played. I don't expect you to be well if you can't play. If you, if you can't yeah, practice. no identity. Yeah. yeah, if you can't practice, you're not, you don't have your health. How good can I really expect? But what is fascinating to me is these guys' names are out here in these trade rumors. Okay? And you got to have leadership from two out of the four. You got to have – I don't care where it comes from. You got to have leadership. And if if you're going to be a championship caliber team, and right now they are walking a very fine line. Quick break to get a word from our sponsors. It can happen so easily. You're out with your friends or co-workers. You're putting back a few drinks. A few becomes a few too many. It's time to go, and for a moment, you think of calling for a ride. Nah, you're a good driver. You live nearby. You can make it home, okay? What are the odds you'll get pulled over? And even so, what's the worst that could happen? You lose your license. You lose your job. You total your car. You kill someone. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. Drive sober or get pulled over. This podcast is brought to you by DirecTV Stream. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friends log in for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle. It's called DirecTV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of all the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Back to Pushing Through. 
And another team that, you know, is trying to figure out, you know, how to walk the line. I mean, Midas brought it up. I mean, when we're looking at the, the potential trades that could come out of this, you mentioned Ben Simmons' name being thrown out there. I mean, where, I mean, I said, first I want to talk about Ben, then I want to talk about Kyrie because those are the two, like, you know, more news are coming out about those guys and they're off the court and then we'll get back on the court. Uh, but Ben Simmons, I mean, it, what what would that look like if they traded Westbrook for Simmons? And it, and if they did that, would that save both teams' title chances this season? That's what I wonder. Because at this point, I feel like we're on the verge of them having to just chalk this up as a lost season. Who are you talking about? The Sixers and the Lakers potentially. Could they fix their own? Could they fix their problems by making a swap? Is what I'm saying. A swap for who? Who are you saying? Ben Simmons. Simmons and Simmons for Westbrook. Okay, if you're a Philly, what does that do for you? Other than the name. Yeah. Okay, when you make a trade, there's three things. You want to win the press clippings. You want to <laughs> win the in the locker room. Maybe you get a locker room guy who fits your chemistry of your team. Or you want to win because they're going to make a difference on the court. How does that help Philly? I'm just thinking about Westbrook and Embiid. Okay, what about Maxie? What about Seth Curry? These guys are playing well right now. How does that help? How does that help Philly? Yeah, it does. Maxie, right now, obviously, in my if if you said Maxie is playing right now better than Westbrook, I can't argue that. I'm not mm. saying he's better than Westbrook, but right now he's playing better he's than playing Westbrook. better. Yeah. So they can't fix each other each other's problems. Yeah, other than, okay, I'm going to take your salary and dump it on your salary. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just to make some sort of move to appease the, the, the mob outside that's screaming to do something, yeah. Okay. The, other, that's other, the only thing other, that you're doing. Other yeah. than that, what is it going to do? Mm. Okay, I'm going to say it again. I only see one trade scenario for Ben Simmons if I'm the GM of the Sixers. James Harden. That's it. That's it. C.J. McCollum. I don't think that – what does that do for Philly? <laughs> yeah, exactly. What does that do for Philly? It, it, does, it doesn't even replace the position that you Portland doesn't up. even have a permanent GM yet. All right? They just – you know, they're going through whatever they're going through up there with their executives up there. So now you have – the interim GM is going to make – a decision that's going to affect the franchise for years to come. Mm. How? How is that going to happen? <laughs> How is that going to happen? It's only one trade that I see that can happen. And Harden isn't playing. I mean, he, he's like randomly missing games. J James, like we were James just talking Harden, about, which is... I'm going, to take, yeah. I'm going to take James Harden for Ben Simmons. That's the only trade I see. That's the only one that I see. Because Ben Simmons has already shown the following. And, and, and you've heard me say this, Tate, but we'll say it again. Who's going to take on Ben Simmons knowing that Ben Simmons is not going to show up and play? He's already done it once. The second time for him to do it will be much easier. So now, Tate, are you going to take on the risk of a player who's already just, for whatever the reason may be, Whoever, whatever the reason may be. So, Tate. 
There's only there's only one franchise in the NBA that's accepted that behavior, and that's the Brooklyn Nets. You have to you you're gonna have to <laughs> you're gonna have to trade him for a player and get back that's going to affect the bottom line, because the Philadelphia 76ers are expecting to get to the conference finals. They were the one seed. Yes, they expect that. They expect to at least. You and I are the financial planners for the Philadelphia 76ers. The way this roster is currently constructed, Tate, how often do you hear me say this, Tate? Roster construction matters. That's why we need to get Bobby Marks on the show because I want to hear when you talk about salary and, and, and caps, holes, and all these things. There's no one in Philadelphia that's not saying the following. This roster was constructed to at least get to the conference finals. Just based on the money we're paying. Facts. You didn't get Doc Rivers to develop. You didn't give Joel B the max. You didn't give Tobias Harris. You didn't give the max to Ben Simmons talking about we just want to get to the first round. No, we're here to win a championship. And and I think what I was saying about So you better get a championship caliber player back. Yeah, and, and I was talking about the Lakers and Sixers could fix each other's seasons, but I think it might just be the Nets and the Sixers could potentially fix the Nets each other's seasons. And the Sixers can fix each they other. They could save each other's seasons because if Simmons there goes go. to Brooklyn, you give him three weeks to get in shape and get back into game shape, playing some games, like slowly building up his minutes, and then you get James right. Harden who finally buys back in because he now, has the basketball in his hands. Now, That's something. I, I think those are the only two where it works. You could say that that saves the Eastern Conference race, really. It works. But but Makes if you're fun. if you're Philly now you got four teams. But if you're Philly or you are the Nets and one of those teams win it, you gotta look at it. You gotta live with it. You gotta because of the, the proximity of where they're at. It's not like you send them to the West Coast and then you just no, see this them is a couple times. Tri State. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta look at each other. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But that, to me, is what happens. I think it's great for basketball, That's too, because Ben has to then go to Philadelphia in the playoffs. That's what happens. Well, I mean, can, that, can, that's, that, I think that would be amazing. I mean, if I'm a Sixers that, that, that's fan, the one that, sign that's, me up. That's the one that, that works. That's the one that works. Because you, you, you got to win something in the trade, right? You, you, you got to win the press clippings, right? You got to win the locker room. Or you got to win on the floor. And, and let's let's just say that 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 does happen before the trade deadline this season. That that trade all comes together. Kyrie comes back. Now you got Kyrie, KD, Ben Simmons, and then you look at the, the Sixers, and you got Harden, you got Embiid, you got Toby, you got Maxi. I mean, and then you got. Also, Giannis and the Bucks. I mean, granted, we hope uh, Chris Middleton's okay. His knee, left knee injury uh, last night, I believe. He just left with a left knee injury. So we're, we'll wait and see what, what the prognosis is there. But regardless, that, that's a lot of you talent Miami. in the Eastern Conference. You got Miami. You got Miami, yeah. So I, I like it. Like, listen, if you're a star player, be a star player. <laughs> yeah, I, I you're a star player. I, be a star player. Now you're right about Harden. Harden wants to be the star again, and I, I think Harden, he, he would shine Harden, in Philly. Listen, it's always hard to go backwards. 
Man has been mm-hmm. a, the man averaged 30, 35 points in this league. 20 points and eight assists and nine assists is not going to cut it for him. I'm going to say it. I know he's going to say what he's supposed to say. I, I'm going to do whatever the coach asked me to do, and I'll come to win, and all that stuff sounds great. And, you know, everybody's, you know, I'm a championship. And, you know, okay, that sounds good. That sounds great. Yeah, but let's let's be real about that, it for a that, second. That sounds great. That, that sounds <laughs> that sounds terrific. And as a player who spent his whole career as a role player, it sounds good. But let me tell you something, Tate. There were many a nights I played, man. I wanted to know what it felt like to shoot 20, 25 shots up and get them up. And once you get up 20, 25 shots, Tate, and you know, if you're good, then you know, you're not going back to shooting 10, 12 shots. <laughs> <laughs> I might need 10, 12 shots just to get loose in the first quarter. Mm-hmm. Tate, all that, okay. But it needs to be said. James Harden is a high-volume shooter, a high-volume player. He's like all of, you know, a lot of great players. They need a lot of mistakes to be great. He needs a lot of shots to be James Harden. He may miss five or six step-backs, but then he may make five or six step-backs. By my calculation, he's shooting 50%, (laughs) okay? Mm. But give him credit because he has an ability that not a lot of players have. He can generate Shots. That's a talent. Why am I, why do I have James Harden passing the ball? It doesn't make sense. Like, when I watch James Harden play, like, I may not be an advocate of James Harden the way he plays, but I'm going to tell you something. I admire the way he plays. Any man, yeah, that, a, any man can go get up 30 shots a night will always have a soft spot in my heart. I don't FGAs. Care. I'm all yeah. about FGAs. I don't care who you are, what league. Hey, don't ever come back to the bench talking about, you know, hey, coach took me out. Hey, man, how many shots you got up? How many shots you got up? So James Harden should be James Harden. FGAs. That's what he does. That's why are we – I'm not asking him to – I don't want to see James Harden with 20 points, 11 assists, 8 rebounds. I want to see James Harden with 53 points. And no assist. <laughs> That's what I want to see. <laughs> because that James Harden, he's going to have some moves in there. You're going to go, it's kind of interesting. And and I do think that, like, with Harden and Embiid, I mean, defensively, that's a tough that's a tough matchup. I mean, and you got Curry. I mean, you got Max. That's a nice that's, that's one-two a, punch. That's, that's a, tough. Man, that's a tough matchup. That's a tough matchup. I don't know. And in reality, Harden would be the number two option. There, I don't I know what assume. team I mean, Harden is waiting on. Like I don't know it. it but again, it's it's you know, look as you notate in my daytime job. He, I, you know, I'm, he liked going back to Houston. By the way, you mentioned he could go back yeah, to Houston. Why not? He, why did you leave in the first place? <laughs> why, why did you leave in the first place? Yeah, like these trades, Tate. You hear me say it. These trades, when these stars force themselves out of a place, they seem like they never work. Like, Tate, you're getting 30 shots up a night. You have the ultra green light. It's your team. It's your town. Tate, the ultimate compliment, the ultimate thing you can achieve in this league is to be able to play with total freedom. Tate, you you understand what I'm saying? 
I'm going to the gym. I'm not worried about the coach taking me out. I'm not worried about anybody telling me that's a bad shot. Why would you give that up to play in a role when you still have the ability to play? To play at that level. No, Tate, that don't make sense to me. To me, now you you not seeing, you know, they say third eye vision. You're not seeing this through the proper lens. Mm. Well, Steph Curry is not worried whether he misses the next 23s in a row. Do you know what that feels like, Tate? I don't. Do you? <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Okay. So why would you give that up talking about you just want to play a role and you still got the ability to generate that type of shot, and you are given that type of respect. That doesn't make sense to me. Mm. And, and, and on any level, on any level, and, and any player who tells you they don't want to have an opportunity to play with the ultimate green light, ultimate freedom. Everybody's looking for freedom. Like, when you watch LeBron James play and then you watch a role player play, they're not playing the same game. <laughs> If you were star, Tate, if I was a star player, I had a star player do this to me once. For no reason at all, Tate, and I and I always encourage my players who I represent now, the star player, I say, if you really want to know if you're a star, just go do this. Just dribble up the court and just shoot a three and see what happens. <laughs> BJ, you crazy. Well, if you think you're a star, just go do it. And see what happens. If the coach says nothing, you are a star. If the coach brings you out, you are a role player. If he just yells at you, then that means you have a chance to be a star. If he but not yells now. at you, you got a chance. <laughs> you got a chance. You know, I didn't pull you out of the game. You know, you got a chance, but and, also you're not. And there I yet. love the response of young people. Man, I never thought of it that way. If you if you a star player and you just dribble up, if Steph Curry tonight just dribble up. And go one step past half court. Steve Kerr is not going to say a word. Mm-hmm. But if Kevon Looney did that, before the ball hits the rim, there will already be a sub at the at the at the table waiting to sub him out. Or Damian Lee or whoever. It is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, any of these guys. Yeah, you understand. So once you get a taste of that freedom to dribble the ball more than three times on a possession and step mm-hmm. back and fall away and, and and they say, get in your bag. Why would you give that up, Tate? I'm not. Tate, no, I'm not. No way. Especially when that that is, I mean, as much as, you know, we, we laugh at the branding and stuff, but like James Harden's whole thing was Adidas, I'm a creator, I create yes. shots. You know, you know what I mean? That's That's his whole M.O., and now he plays totally different than his brand. Team. Yeah, it, it, it doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. So I would back to what I was saying. I always encourage guys, and when I and when he does it, that's the talk of the after the game. I, I love that first time I had a star player should remain anonymous. I don't want him to be like he's reckless, but I would encourage the player to do it, and he did it, and the coach said nothing. Mm. Okay. I had a player do that to me. Just went up and just shot. And he asked, and he said, B, you know why I did that? Because I want to see if you are going to come down and do it to me. 
because he knew I couldn't do that. I didn't have that type of freedom. <laughs> mm. Tate. So when people are playing in the NBA, you're playing different games. If I'm playing against Isaiah Thomas in my era, he could do that. Tim Hardaway could do that. Mark Price, he could just go up and just shoot. I couldn't do that. So why would you give that up to be a role player? Tate, I would have given anything to just be able to go. Guy come down and come at me, Tate. What's the first thing you would do on the playground? You come back in him. Mm. As a role player, suddenly now a guy comes at you and then you got to like figure out another way to come at him. That's why I have so much respect for star players and I have a lot of respect for the role players. Probably even more respect for the role players because the role players have to find a way to contribute to the game without scoring. And make an impact and yeah, continually yeah, stay yeah, engaged yeah, without being the guy. Yeah. yeah. You know, and I, I that's why I have so much respect for PJ Tucker to be yeah, quite honest. It, with it, you. It, because PJ Tucker's engagement in the game, he understands the game within the game. That's why all the players respect PJ Tucker, because you're like, okay, it's easy. It's easy to come down if you know you're getting plays and you're getting shots. Okay, I'm gonna <laughs> go at you, you're gonna go at me, and then afterwards you're gonna be like, oh mm-hmm. man, they went at it last night. No, PJ yeah. Tucker's like, nah. You can score, and I'm gonna shut you down. <laughs> it ain't even, yeah, he's like sometimes I'm not even playing offense. I'm just ready to get back on defense. Yeah, I'm yeah, backpedaling yeah, already. Yeah, Tate, <laughs> he's studying how to shut you down. Mm-hmm. And Tate, as a role player, I had to do that. I wasn't as good a defensive player as PJ Tucker, obviously, but I had to figure out how to make this guy and make every possession for him tough to be engaged in the game. That was my job. And when you understand that, that's those are the contributions that you need to have if you're going to be good or a great team. The Lakers right now, that's what they're struggling with. Like, who's mm. who can contribute to the game without scoring? That's what makes – when you say what you want to about Draymond Green, that's his contribution to the game. He knows how to contribute to the game without scoring. That's an art. And he's – Another example of someone like PJ Tucker that's engaged PJ, but PJ not Tucker getting the shots. Is another yeah. PJ Tucker has mastered the art. Ben Wallace, Dennis Rodman. Yes. There's mm-hmm. there's guys who they've mastered the art of learning how to contribute to the game without scoring. Tony Allen. Yeah. Yeah. Marcus Smart. Yeah. Marcus Smart, you're right. Speaking of the the Celtics, quickly uh, they beat the Bucks last night. Big so that win, was a nice big win. win. Let's hope that Middleton is okay. Chris Middleton is okay. You know he he yes. got hurt last night, and you know I don't like to see any player get hurt, but he got Bump hurt. Bump knees with yeah, Rodney Hood. Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's hope that he's okay. Uh, looked like he hyperextended. I don't know if you saw the play last night. He looked like he hyperextended yeah. his uh, knee last night. So, uh, but that was a good win for the Celtics. Jalen Brown's yeah, they back. Needed that. Jason Tatum mm-hmm. had a big, big game, and uh, that was a big win. So, um, you know, a good win for the for for the for the seas and the seas nation. You know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they need that. They they need something to get excited about. Uh, one last shout out before we get out of here. I want to shout out the Cleveland Cavaliers. Oh. They're on a four game win streak. Their next game is against the Rockets, so they can go for five in a row. Kevin Love is back playing good basketball. 
I mean, we've talked about Mobley ad nauseum on this program, but it's fun to see Cleveland have this new young group and, and watch them blossom and, and obviously have some of the savvy vets like Rubio and Kevin Love off the bench. What a what a treat to have Kevin Love and Ricky Rubio sitting on your bench as a coach. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, These that's two all-star I mean, caliber players. Okay, yeah. the game's not going right. You can look down and you got Kevin Love, an all-star, and you got Ricky Rubio, who, you know, look, he he's as international yeah, all-star. He's, he's yeah. as solid as any player, you know, in the league, especially as a backup. What what a what 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 a comfort! I mean, he, he's got a blanket that that he's like you know we should call uh, the coach there Linus. I mean, he's got his little his little blanket now. He's got his own comfort zone, knowing he he got those two on the bench. And then what he's doing with the with that big lineup, Laurie Markkinen, Evan Mobley, and Jared Allen. I lo- I love what Bigger Staff is doing. I think he's done a great job. You know what, Bigger Staff, aka Linus. I'm just gonna call him Linus now because because he's got his <laughs> coaching blanket. He he he's in his comfort zone because he's got. 10 to 12 guys that he know he can throw into a game and he can give different lineups based on Evan Mobley is probably a better center than Jared Allen and Jared Allen is pretty darn good. Mm-hmm. Kevin Love is better than Laurie Markkinen who's playing, I don't know, the power <laughs> four position right now. Okay. Darius Garland is, he's been terrific. But by the way, Ricky Rubio had a career high, like what, 40 or 50 points this year or something? Off the bench. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. They are playing excellent basketball. They have interchangeable parts. They're big, they're athletic, and they're getting they are getting terrific guard play. You can't get to the basket because you have seven footers everywhere trying to block your shot. They got young players, they're getting up and down the court. And let me tell you something. When you say alley-oop, every single highlight is Jared Allen, Evan Mobley seem like they're dunking the basketball. Mm-hmm. And they just have everything going. I don't like to keep saying this every week. But this kid, Evan Mobley, has my attention. <laughs> Tate. That's all I can say. I can't say anything else about him. They are for real. And I'm telling you this right now. I do not want to play this team in the playoffs. No, I mean, they, they are the, an upset special. Because, I, I mean, the, do they not have the bigs. want to play this team in the playoffs. We always joke about the airport test. You know, this team walks through your airport. You got Ed Davis, Jared Allen, Taco Fall, Kevin Love, Laurie Marketing, Evan Mobley, Isaac Okoro. I mean, they, this is a big team, <laughs> a long team. I'm going to say this. Someone's <laughs> going to get upset in the first round. Someone's going to get upset. Because Mobley has a little bit of that Duncan factor where you can just see him thriving. If he stays healthy, obviously. I mean, if they're all healthy, yeah. I don't care who they play. I don't care who they play. I don't care if they play Brooklyn. I don't care if they play Milwaukee. I don't care if they play Miami. Someone's going to get upset. 
As it currently stands, they would play Miami. That's a bad matchup. Especially with Bam being out. I mean, Kevin Miami Durant is a seven-footer. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to watch the game because there's going to be about five seven-footers on the floor at one time. <laughs> That's your dream. Yeah, I want to have ten. Now, you can't the guard Kevin Durant. You can't guard him. Okay? <laughs> we all understand that. But against Cleveland, they can take something away. He can't just post those guys up. No, there's no ver- – he can't shoot over those guys. And there's no just him driving casually to the basket with the dipsy do and the finger rolls and all of the clever things he does. Mm-hmm. And his shots will be contested by Evan Mobley. I'm not saying he's going to stop him. But I'm telling and, and you get, right now. And guess who else is going to be there to help stop him? A guy that got traded to make room for he and Kyrie to come there, Jared Allen. This is what I'm saying. This is. <laughs> so it's personal. You know, Giannis, as great as Giannis is, Giannis, that's a lot of seven footers over there. Jared Allen, Mobley, Marketing, Kevin yeah. Love. There's a lot of bodies. There's a lot of bodies. I don't want to play whoever they are matched up with. I'm in, I'm, I just don't want to, I want to be in the other bracket. That's my incentive mm-hmm. for winning this year in the Eastern Conference. I do not want to see the Cleveland Cavaliers in the first or second round. There you go. There you go. Well, there you have it. This has been Pushing Through. I am Tate Frazier. He is BJ Armstrong. BJ, anything else before we get out of here? Tate, <laughs> we got some rain today. Some more rain. Yeah. Rain in California. I was supposed to play golf today, BJ. I'm really upset. Yeah, you should be. But take <laughs> you should be a little upset, but we need this water here in Southern California. We do, we do. I can't be selfish. You can't exactly. be. You know what, Tate? No. Let's enjoy we it. We need this rain. I yeah. you, you have your rain gear on right now. Yeah. I dropped my son off at school today and he was so excited. They they I do love that California treats uh rain like how North Carolina treats snow. Yeah, you know it's, I mean? it's it's people, great. People just oh, are joyous. They they loved it, you know. The kids are they're, they're, <laughs> people they're, are splashing. Yeah, they're splashing. He's got his boots on. He's like, "Dad, where are your boots?" I was like, "Ah, you know, just they lost them years ago." <laughs> He's got his boots on. You know, all the kids at, at school today were, you know, they're, they're looking up at the sky, drinking the the rain. I was like, "You know what?" <laughs> It's pretty good life. It's a good life, you know. So <laughs> this rain is. Thank you. It, it, Thank it you. It caused you a little pain, but I saw the joy in those kids. So Tate, mm. after the show, I'm going to ask you, or before the show ends, I'm going to ask you: When in water, Tate? What should you do? You got to make waves, and if it's raining, maybe make some puddles oh, too. But this yes. has been pushing through, and we will see you later in the week. Thank you.